Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. My name is Grant. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are on episode 37, three to the seven. And uh, glad you're here. we got a great conversation, great discussion. Uh, today's question, well, first of all, let me tell you, I, I don't know if you're aware Hopefully you are. We're doing 30 episodes in 30 days here in the month of April. And a lot of these episodes are questions that are coming straight from you, the listener. So if you have a question, we'd love for you to tell us that question. Ask us that question. Leave us that question. We want to know it. And we will try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. So if you have a question you'd like to have answered... Stop by thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com, and uh, there you can find the Ask Grant tab at the top of the menu there. Leave us your preferably voicemail question. We'll try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. So today's question comes from Patty, and who's wondering kind of about uh, fees and especially how to navigate fees whenever it comes to speaking to nonprofits or to faith-based organizations or organizations that may not have a lot of extra money. How do you kind of, do you charge? Should you not charge? Should you discount? How do you kind of navigate that? So that's what we're going to get into in today's episode. So let's get into it. Take it away with the question, Patty. All right, today's question comes from Patty Mazzullo. I hope I pronounced that right, Patty. But Patty asked a question. I was wondering how you handle fees for speaking at churches and nonprofit organizations. Do you speak for free, do a love offering, or charge to speak at all? Good question. All right. Thanks for the question, Patty. So let's talk about a couple different things here. Let's talk about some good news and bad news. All right. The good news is that there are a lot of churches and nonprofits that are looking for speakers. So that's the good news. It's a big market. There's a lot of opportunities that do exist in that space. Now, the bad news is that many of them may be tight on budget, as Patty kind of alluded to here. But again, many of them still need speakers. Many of you, you may know that I actually used to be a youth pastor in a, in a local church. So I know firsthand that a lot of churches, they may not have tons and tons of funding and money for speakers. So yes, in some cases that is accurate. But at the same time, many organizations, nonprofits, churches, otherwise, they do have money for speakers. And so we're going to get into that a little bit today. Now, let's start with kind of a, a foundational piece. I think this is, I think this kind of gets to the heart of what Patty is asking here. But a key principle I want you to know is this, that there is nothing wrong with a speaker getting paid by a, a nonprofit or a church. There is nothing wrong at all. You're not a bad person if you get paid by a nonprofit or a church. It's not like you're taking money from, you know, if you're speaking to, let's say, some type of, of organization, that like some type of food bank, then you get paid something for that. It's not like you're taking 
food from other people, right? Uh, I've been paid speaking fees by several nonprofits and churches. And so it, it's, there's a lot of ways that they can get funding beyond just their, their day-to-day operations or their budget. And so we'll talk about some of those in just a second. So, I mean, the idea is basically that whenever you speak, you're providing value to that audience and to that organization. So it is fine to be paid. And, and just because they're a nonprofit or a church doesn't mean that they don't have money. Oftentimes they have paid staff. Those staff are being paid, right? Uh, they pay for other products and services. So one of the things that you have to do, and I think, again, this, this gets to a little bit of Patty's question is, oftentimes as speakers, we want to be able to help, right? We want to be able to make a difference. We want to make a little dent in the world. We have this message that we want to share with people. And so we just want to help. And so sometimes what happens with speakers is that we have bigger hearts than brains, bigger hearts than brains. I don't mean that in a mean way, but we just like, we just have these big hearts of, we just want to help people, right? And it is great to help people. There is nothing wrong at all. And hopefully all of the speaking that any of us are doing is coming from a place of service, of wanting to be able to help and to serve and to provide value to other people. But if you just think with your heart and you're just thinking about how can I help other people and how can I make a little dent in the world? How can I make a little difference? That's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but you will go broke doing that. And there's no way to run a business. So there's definitely a balance there of being able to think with both your heart and your head. You cannot help every person and every situation. You cannot do it. This is why, uh, you know, like the lady who has 47 cats, that's why she has 47 cats because she wants to rescue every single cat. But you can't rescue every single cat. If you're going to rescue something, you should be rescuing dogs anyway. But that's a separate, I shouldn't have gone there. I'm going to get hate email. But just, I'm a dog fan. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about this. Whenever you're speaking for a, uh, a church or a nonprofit, there's a few things that you can do in regards to getting paid, all right? Two main things that I, I typically would recommend. Number one would be that you just, you choose to speak for free. And again, there's there's nothing wrong at all with doing a free gig for a, non- a nonprofit. It's an organization or a church or just a cause that you believe in and you just want to support. It is totally fine in the same way that there's other maybe local businesses that are have provided donations of some type of their product or service because they just want to support a nonprofit. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Again, like I, I just kind of touched on though, you, you can't build a business just going around and speaking out of the goodness of your heart. You just cannot do it. There's no business that will stay in business by just doing things out of the goodness of their heart. You have, you're providing value. And so at some point you have to be able to charge for that value. Now, if you're choosing to speak for free for a nonprofit, again, there's nothing wrong at all with doing that. There are two things that I would recommend that you do. One would be that you limit the number of free engagements that you do, that you limit the number of the free engagements that you do. This is both for you and for potential inquiries, meaning that maybe you only do, let's say, three to five free, you know, kind of pro bono things. And again, there's a difference there between doing something for free because it's a pro bono and just because you want to help versus doing something for free that is more of kind of a marketing type of event for you where you're you're going to develop business and other ways. But in the context of this conversation of just, I just want to speak to this nonprofit and I just want to help, you just want to limit the number of those things that you can do. Again, not not only for yourself, but that way when other inquiries come up, you can say, hey, I, I only do a few pro bono events per year. Those are already, you know, taken. You know, if you if you'd like to follow up with this another time, that's fine. You know, just some you you have some type of out there. And again, rather than feeling bad of just like, oh, I just I just want to help and it's a good cause. No, no, no. Again, you're providing value and there's nothing wrong with being paid a fee for that. So again, if you're going to speak for free, one limit the number of, of events that you're going to do for free and number of pro bono events that you would do. 
And the second thing I would say about that uh, would be if you're going to speak for free, I would, I would recommend that you keep them local. Meaning if I'm going to do something for free, I don't personally, I just don't want to travel halfway across the country to do it. My time, your time, the, our time is very, very valuable. You can't get that time back. So I'm personally, I'm a lot more likely to do something for free if it's in my backyard, if it's a 30 minute driveway versus if it's a, a nine hour travel day with two flights. So that's just me. That's my personal preference. But if I'm going to do something for free, I would prefer that it would be local and that I limit the number of those free engagements that I'm going to do. And so by having some of these criteria in place, it just becomes a a heck of a lot easier for you to know when to say yes and no. Otherwise, every opportunity that comes up, you're likely to cave into because again, it's a good cause and you just want to help and you just want to make a little difference. All right. So, so have some of those parameters in place. So again, nothing wrong with doing some for free, just have some of those parameters in place. So that's one option is to speak for free. The other option, and I know a lot of speakers that do this is if they're going to be speaking to a church or a nonprofit, they just choose to speak for a discounted rate. So my fee is normally $5,000, but for a nonprofit, I'll do it for $4,000 or for $3,500 or something. Now, that, you don't need to come all the way down to like, you know, I'm going to do it for $5 and a little, uh, if you just pat me on the back and we'll call it good. Uh, no, I think you can still, again, you're providing value there. You just, you're choosing to help that organization by offering some type of discount. So again, you may still choose to do free ones that are in the in your backyard, but for others, you're at least willing to offer them at least some type of, of discount. That's totally, totally fine if you, you choose to do that. Now, having said all of that, it's also important to know that just because an organization may be a nonprofit, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have money to spend on speakers. Again, they pay for other services and products, so there is nothing wrong with you getting paid. So let's do this. I want to quickly just walk through six different ways that an organization or a nonprofit can pay for speakers, six different ways that they could pay for speakers. Number one is going to be just their own budget. So meaning that they have specifically allocated money in their budget and most likely their annual budget for speakers or events or outside training or resources that again is set aside for people like you. All right. So again, it doesn't affect their outside budget or excuse me, their operational budget in any way. It's not like they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. No, no, just their budget has money set aside for speakers or or outside people like yourself. Uh, The second one, the second way that nonprofits can pay for speakers is grants. And now this is pretty common and actually works well with my own name, having been named Grant. Thanks, Mom. But I've had many nonprofits that have hired me to speak before, and my fee just it didn't come out of their budget at all. They were able to get some type of, of outside grant or donation that paid for my fee. That way, it works in a way where the organization goes out, they find the money, they find the funding, they apply for that grant, and it doesn't affect them in any way. And so although I've been paid many times by a nonprofit, from uh, grant funding. I can't think of any time where I've I've personally been involved in the process to find and apply for the grant. A lot of times that happens by the organization itself. So uh, think of this kind of like a, applying for a college scholarship. If you were to apply for a, a, a scholarship for college, it, it doesn't really affect the finances of you or the school. That money came from a third party. And so that's typically how grants are going to work is it, it doesn't really affect me. It doesn't really affect the organization. It's a third party that is paying for it by a grant that they had applied for. So So number one would be their own budget. Number two would be grants. Number three would be government funding, government funding. Now, this is pretty common with nonprofits, typically not in the church world, but with nonprofits, depending on the market or their industry, sometimes they're going to get some type of outside government funding. So since I've, I've done a lot of speaking in the education market, 
I know a lot of their funding comes from some type of, of state or federal government agency. So that could be common as well. Uh, another one, number four. Number four is going to be sponsorships and donors. So sometimes a nonprofit or a church will get funding from a, a local business or an individual who, who either just wants to help or wants to be associated with the good cause that that nonprofit or that, or that church is, is involved with. Uh, you see that sometimes when a nonprofit may host an event or a fundraiser, and they may have a lot of local businesses who have donated funds for that event. And in fact, in a few weeks, we're going to have a, uh, an episode with a expert on how to find sponsorships for speaking engagement. So really excited about that. I actually just recorded that interview a couple of days ago. And so really looking forward to, uh, to sharing that one with you. Another one, number five is going to be fundraising. I personally, I've had a few smaller nonprofits or churches do some type of fundraiser to cover my fee. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. I remember several years ago, I was just getting started, and there was a, uh, a church in Michigan who wanted me to come speak at their high school. And so what they ended up doing, they ended up doing a huge garage sale to cover my fee as a speaker, which is crazy. I couldn't believe that they, they went to that effort. But again, it didn't affect their internal budget in any way. It was outside, not necessarily outside, but, but just fundraising that they did in order to pay for my speaking fee. So that's an option as well. So again, let's kind of recap here. We've got uh, from their own budget, from grants, from government funding, from sponsorships and donors, from fundraising. And then finally, number six is going to be a love offering. Now, Patty mentioned this in her question, and this is something that happens sometimes in the church world, not, not so much in the, uh, like in the nonprofit, but in the church world, this is somewhat common. And so the way that this would work is, is let's say you go speak at a weekend service. So instead of you just going to speak and you just getting a check, what usually would happen is either before or after you would speak that the pastor or the minister would get up and take an offering for you, the speaker, and be very clear that the money that's being collected goes to pay your fee, that you're not getting a fee in any other way. So uh, this happens sometime. Now, if you're going to do this, I, I would recommend that you do this after you speak after you speak, because if they take the offering before you speak, nobody's heard you speak. Nobody knows anything about you. And also as a general rule, it's good to have the, the pastor or the minister do this. So it doesn't put you in this awkward spot of having to ask the, the congregation for money. So you don't want to kind of be that in, in that place. That would be kind of awkward. So again, if you're going to do it, I would prefer that you do it after have the offering taken after you speak and have it done by the, that pastor or minister. Now, having said all of that about a lot of offering. I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm personally, I'm not a big fan of this method. Primarily for you as the speaker, this is a horrible way to run your business. This would not work in any other industry. I mean, imagine going to Walmart or the grocery store and you're getting ready to buy some products. And when you go to check out, the entire thing was just based on just, just paying whatever you want. Like Walmart would not stay in business or, or imagine that you own some type of um, service business. Let's imagine that you owned a lawn care business. All right. And every time you mowed a customer's grass, you didn't charge a fee. They just paid you whatever they felt like paying you that day. You cannot possibly run a business like that. And so the same thing is true with a love offering. Like how could you possibly build your business if every time you speak, you had no idea how much you were getting? That doesn't work. So, so to me, that's why I'm not a fan of it. And again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that there's a real balance there between running the business and speaking with both your heart and your head. So I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to do something that kind of tugs at those heartstrings. That's good. But at the same time, again, I also want to eat and live indoors. I want to provide for my family. And so therefore, because I'm providing a service, because I'm providing value, there is nothing wrong with being paid as a speaker for the value that I offer. 
So hope that helps a little bit, Patty. Thanks for the question. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, Chit Chat Chatteroo episode 37 here, all about fees, what to charge, how to, neg- how to negotiate and navigate that with, uh, especially speaking to nonprofits and faith-based organizations. So hope that was helpful. Hope that was beneficial to you. Hey, again, if you haven't already, be sure and uh, leave us your voicemail question over at the thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Also, if you haven't already, be sure and join our private Facebook group. We've got over uh, nearly actually 4,000 speakers from all over the world who are all different experience levels, helping each other, supporting each other, encouraging each other, answering each other's questions. Say, I want you to be a part of that. Definitely check that out over at thespeakerlabgroup.com. Again, thespeakerlabgroup.com. Definitely check that out. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode, episode three to the 737. We will catch you tomorrow. You're awesome. Awesome.